I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And uh, when I saw this headline, uh, I knew this was something we had to discuss today uh, because it just caught my eye. Deficit spending, paying for deficit spending uh, sounds very Washingtonian, uh, congressional, if, if you will. And uh, our good friends at AEI uh, and Matt uh, Weidinger, uh, who's a senior fellow there at AEI, has a great piece that only in Washington could this happen. And uh, Matt joins us on the line. Matt, thank you for making my Friday. Glad <laughs> to do it, boy. So, so this is give us the specific application. This has to do with the uh, infrastructure bill uh, that's coming, and of course, someone has had the audacity to say, well, how are you going to pay for all of that? And this is what they came up with. Describe it for us. Right. So this is uh, this is relative to this week's Washington trillion dollar spending plan, the so-called bipartisan infrastructure plan. Um, supporters of that plan, I think we're under some pressure to actually try to pay for some of it. But in a specifically Washington way, one of the ways that they're allegedly going to pay for this is by repurposing money that has already been added to the deficit or in the future will most likely be added to the deficit to pay for this new spending in their infrastructure plan. So literally they're proposing repurposing deficit spending to pay for more deficit spending, which like you said, only in Washington could that possibly make any sense. Oh my goodness. So the, the specific proposal, and as you said, uh, we won't, we won't go into uh, what is the definition of infrastructure this week, because that seems to be an ever uh, changing uh, issue as well. Uh, but this particular one, uh, they're actually saying, okay, we're going to take some of the uh, money that was allocated or set aside uh, as part of another deficit spending bill, uh, talking about the uh, unemployment insurance, $25 billion of that uh, that hasn't been used, and we're just going to take that money that we didn't have, don't have, doesn't exist, and we're going to apply it over here. Is that right? That's right. So Utah is one of about half of all the states that have said the extraordinary federal unemployment benefits, the $300 add-on per week, the like expansion and eligibility to people that never qualified for unemployment benefits before, all that stuff that the federal government did since March of 2020 to provide more assistance to unemployed folks, when the states like Utah have said, you know what, enough, this is actually keeping people from going back to work, we're going to reject a couple of of this money that the feds have offered to us. What the folks behind this proposal are saying is, well, we're going to take that money 
which was supposed to be added to the deficit, and we're going to repurpose it for this new spending on infrastructure, which, of course, will, will be added to the deficit, too, but we'll make, it, make believe that that's somehow paying for it. Uh, so, so it's sort of like me going to my credit card company and saying, okay, I know I owe you this money and I don't have that money. So if you can give me that money, if you can lend me that money, I'll pay you the money that I owe you with the money you lend me. <laughs> Is that about right? Yeah, that, that, that's about right. That, that's uh, And that's par for the course for Washington logic when it comes to budgeting on these sorts of things. Yeah. One other thing that I wanted to get to that was part of your piece, Matt, that uh, I really appreciated, uh, and that is the fact that all of these things uh, always end up costing way more than uh, they're projected to. And so I know the Congressional Budget Office uh, has also done some forecasting in, term- in terms of what this is all really going to cost anyway. Uh, and it's actually a lot more than uh, lawmakers are saying. Yeah, that's right. So, for example, one of the programs that Congress created was uh, this extraordinary program called Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. So uh, a benefit, an unemployment-like benefit paid to gig workers, independent contractors, you know, people who couldn't work because of the pandemic, um, who didn't pay taxes into any sort of system before the pandemic struck, like the regular unemployment uh, insurance program. But uh, nonetheless, they would receive benefits from this new program. Congressional Budget Office looked at the cost of that program, what they thought that program was going to cost in March of 2020. They said through the end of 2020, it would cost $35 billion. Turned out it actually cost $76 billion, which, you know, kind of, you know, you say, well, where did that money come from? Well, the answer is it's just added to the deficit like the expected cost of that program was added to the deficit. Did anybody say you had to come up with a pay for for any of that? Of course not, because Washington never does that sort of thing. It just, you know, starts these programs, say says that they will spend whatever they will spend, and future taxpayers, in effect, will will be forced to pay the bill. Although, you know, we don't know who those people are, uh, but you know, really, there are kids and grandkids and everybody down the line who's going to be working and paying those taxes. That's right. We we usually say those, that's the ultimate in uh, taxation without representation, because those who are going to have to pay for all of that. Not only have they not been born, their parents haven't even met yet. Uh, and so uh, that's uh, way, way down the line. And, of course, we have another battle, I think, that will be part of this whole equation uh, come fall as we look at uh, the debt ceiling as we uh, rocket our way past $30 trillion, uh in debt. Uh, what's on the horizon there? How do you expect that to play out? Well, I mean, that, that'll be the sort of standard brinksmanship that Washington engages in. There'll be some deal making among the you know, last of the Democrat majority needed to pass some increase in the debt ceiling. I would expect that we'll we'll increase the debt ceiling because we always increase the debt ceiling because the, you know, the downside of not increasing the, the debt ceiling is worse than actually doing that. But, you know, that in a quarter will get you a newspaper. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it really I mean, really, what's what's going on is Washington is on a massive spending spree right now, and we're hitting things like the debt ceiling faster because of the massive spending that's going on. The Congressional Budget Office said that this year the total federal deficit will be an incredible $3 trillion. Mm. And basically, we're operating trillion-dollar deficits as far as the eye can see. And literally, this infrastructure plan is it's almost chump change compared to the even larger spending plans to come. So Bernie Sanders and, you know, the sort of far left wing of the Democrat Party is talking about possibly six trillion dollars in additional spending to come in what's called a reconciliation bill. Another, you know, fancy Washington term for 
basically massive spending plan that will expand entitlement spending forever and ever. So, um, you know, the, the debt ceiling is part of a uh, larger uh, play going on in Washington, but the real action is on all of these spending plans and whether Congress can pass these things and basically pass the bill along to future taxpayers. Yeah. Wow. Scary stuff. And uh, as always, appreciate uh, your insight, insight and all your colleagues at uh, AEI. Uh, Matt Weidinger uh, joining us, uh, senior fellow from AEI. And this is stuff that we, we need to consider. I hate to, to bring this downer to everybody on a Friday, uh, but this this is part of the crucial conversation we have to have in this country. Uh, as Matt rightly pointed out, uh, this stuff just gets passed on. And, and eventually, uh, the the interest rate that we're paying on our $30 trillion uh, we'll go up to just historic averages, not a big spike, just a, just a historic average. Uh, then we'd be paying well over a trillion a year just in interest. And uh, you, there's no tax increase that fixes that. Uh, there's only kind of draconian cuts that can uh, get at that kind of uh, deficit problem. But uh, great insight as always. Uh, Matt, appreciate you joining us on a Friday. My pleasure. All right. Again, that's uh, Matt uh, Whitinger from uh, AEI and this is this is part of this crucial conversation that we we have to get to because in the end we always complain about the conflicts in our nation's capital and this is not a conflict problem this is a collusion problem and and Matt pointed it out uh we're going to have a big debate come September uh about the debt ceiling and as Matt said there's going to be some brinksmanship There'll be a cliff. There'll be a we're going to, you know, America always pays its debt. And, of course, America will always pay its debts. And there's going to be just this big battle, a big fake fight. And then there'll be this false choice of we either have to do this or we're going over the cliff. And we'll raise the debt ceiling again and we'll keep passing things on to the next generation. Uh, And that is part of the problem. Uh, But this is uh, really a historic one that we are now officially, officially taking deficit spending to pay for deficit spending. Uh, So if I owe you 10 bucks and I ask to borrow $10 more from you so I can pay you the $10, that is what government is selling to us now. It's got to stop. It's got to change. And we're going to have to do it. We, the people, have to start the conversation We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to dive into President Biden's kitchen sink executive order. 72 things addressed. Stay with us. Coming up, much more on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.